In his explanation of the Eighth Commandment in his small catechism, Martin Luther writes, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. What does this mean? Luther says we should fear and love God so that we do not lie about, betray, or slander our neighbor, but excuse him, speak well of him, and put the best construction on everything. Luther's words came to mind last week as I was reading Jesus' command that we love our enemies in his Sermon on the Plain in Luke chapter 6, from which today's gospel lesson is taken. What does it mean to love our enemies? Well, Jesus goes on to explain in verses 27 and 28, he says, Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. It's words like these that remind me why I go to church. Because where else, as we heard a moment ago, would we hear them? Love my enemies? What did he say? Do good to those who hate me? That man is talking crazy. Those are my natural responses to Jesus. Without hearing God's word on a regular basis and with a Christian community invested in living by it, there is no way I would even try to love my enemies. It's so foreign to my nature. As Mark Twain was fond of saying, it's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts like this I do understand. Love of enemies is an ethic that distinguishes Christianity from almost all other religious traditions, let alone secular ones. It's a very small fraction of people who think that loving one's enemies is even something to aspire to. And it's an even smaller fraction who will attempt to do it. Trying to live by Jesus' command and to encourage each other to do the same is the kind of thing that will put you quickly in the category of the blessed, of whom Jesus speaks a few verses earlier in Luke. That is, someone whom people hate, exclude, revile, and defame on account of the Son of Man. Loving enemies is the kind of thing that saints do. Not because doing so will justify us in God's sight or make us worthy of his favor, but because God loved us when our sin made us enemies of God. So much did God love us, John 3:16 and 17 says, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That Son of God is Jesus Christ, in whom God became one of us to take our sin on himself and to replace it with his righteousness. In Colossians 1, verses 19 through 22, Paul says of Jesus, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. And you, he says, which means us, 
who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he, Jesus, has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before God. In Jesus, God gave us the fulfillment of his command, the incarnation of his love for enemies. We love our enemies because when we were God's enemies, God first loved us. That is some radical kind of love. That's love that we cannot generate in ourselves. That kind of love is pure gift, the power of God in us, the fruit of his Holy Spirit. And Luther's explanation of the Eighth Commandment is a great picture of what it looks like. It is so tempting to let disagreement turn into scorn, ridicule, and contempt. It's so natural to want to do down our opponents and make them grovel. It's so easy to treat people with different viewpoints as enemies and seek to humiliate them. Luther himself knew this as well as anyone because it was a temptation into which he often fell. So when we read in his catechism, we should fear and love God so that we do not lie about, betray, or slander our neighbor, but excuse him, speak well of him, and put the best construction on everything. We can rest assured that this is no platitude. Luther knew how difficult it is and how badly he failed at it. And that's why it's fitting for us to hear on this All Saints Day. Luther was prescribing something, interpreting the Eighth Commandment from Exodus and Deuteronomy, that he couldn't do himself. Only by the power of God, who makes sinners saints, can our behavior give even a faint reflection of God's love for us. It doesn't mean we give up trying, but what trying looks like is focusing on God's love for us and asking him to fill us with it rather than simply trying to generate that love ourselves. Trying to generate it ourselves is a little like trying to hydrate ourselves by spitting into a glass and then drinking it. Why isn't this working? We need to go instead to God the spring and fount of living water who alone can fill us with the love that is to be our way of life. As, you heard me, as you've heard me say before, loving a real, concrete enemy is far more difficult than loving the abstract enemies of whom we conjure superficial images in our mind. I suggest starting small, and close to home. Think of someone that you know, not someone you've just seen on TV or online or heard on the radio that really irritates you. I mean, someone you know who really gets your goat, who behaves in ways that you think are rude, cruel, or immature, and simply pray for that person. 
you can say something very simple. If you can't think of any reason that God would bless them, just ask God to bless them. Not asking God to strike them down or to give them what they deserve, but to bless them and to open their hearts to receive His love. And then you can pray for yourself that God would give you the supernatural love for that person that God has for you. It's a good place to start. And even if you don't see a change in them, keep praying, including for the change in yourself. The biggest beneficiary of your prayers might be you. The words we hear from Jesus today are among his simplest and most difficult. They remind us of our sin, but also of God's grace and mercy toward us. By the grace of God, we receive his righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ and are thus made saints. Simul justus et peccator, at once both saint and sinner. Thanks be to God, who loves sinners like us enough to make us into saints.